Mindfulness Mode, Episode 42. When I'm in the ocean, I try to focus on everything around me and just take it in. Reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness on Mindfulness Mode with me, your host, Bruce Langford. On Mindfulness Mode, we talk about how people from all walks of life have discovered mindfulness and how it's impacted their lives to help them become more calm, focused, and happy. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for the great reviews on iTunes. I'm going to read one by Maribel Jimenez, Launch Mentor. Great job spreading the word, Bruce. I like your interview style and your selection of guests to keep the focus on mindfulness in general. Great job. Okay, Mindful Tribe, let's get started. I'm totally thrilled to have Eddie Donato on the line today. Hey, Eddie, are you in mindfulness mode? I am in the zone, Bruce. Terrific. Eddie Donato is an entrepreneur from Western Australia who works in the food industry with his wife, operating a holistic catering company. As a busy dad and entrepreneur in the catering niche, Eddie found it necessary to learn how to stop feeling tired and regain energy. He loves to pass on his knowledge and help parents learn how to be healthy, energetic, and happy too in his podcast called The Ed Talks. So, Eddie, our Mindful Tribe listeners love stories. Tell us a story about what makes you tick. Well, I am an entrepreneur at heart. My parents were entrepreneurs. They were Italian, or they still are. They're still alive, thankfully. Italian immigrants who migrated to Australia after the Second World War and they just started out with, I think it was 10 pounds back in those days before there was Australian dollars and started creating businesses. And so that's what I was always exposed to and that got instilled into me. Now, I was an engineer. I went to university and I uh, studied engineering and I practiced as an engineer for a few years, but then I just had that bug to create something for myself that I really had to do my own thing. And I've always been like that. I've always been someone who loves creativity and creating things and helping people. Bruce, that's a big thing that gives me so much joy in my life is helping others. I just love that feedback that you get from people, that love essentially. That That's a big part of my life is giving to others and feeling that love that you receive once you give to others. Yeah, I love that too. And Eddie, when did you become involved in mindfulness? Well, started for me, I would say around about my late teens. And it was in that period in my life, Bruce, where I was experimenting with psychedelic drugs. And through having those experiences with those psychedelic drugs, and I don't recommend that people go out and have them, but that was my journey it definitely opened up my mind to experiences in life, which then led me to books such as back in the day, it was uh, one called The Celestine Prophecy and another one called The Alchemist. I remember those books vividly and reading those type of books brought me to meditation and mindfulness to be in the moment, to be aware of everything around you, to be connected. So that's where it really began. But then I I dropped off after my mid-20s. I lost that uh, passion and that practice of mindfulness in my life. 
So when did you restart that? And when you did, what did it look like, Eddie? Well, I, I, I'll give you a quick funny story, Bruce. It won't take long, but I, well, not so funny, but how I actually stopped the practice because that was an interesting tale for me. I was traveling around the world surfing and I was still practicing then. I no longer for many years was involved in psychedelic drug use. I came to the uh, realization that I wanted to experience all that life could give naturally from surfing, from experiencing nature, touching trees. So I was meditating on these cliffs in southern Chile and I just surfed in the morning. There was a, a huge swell running. The ocean was crystal clear, no one around me, just a few cacti. And I really focused in to the energy around me and the ocean, just listening to the ocean. And I opened my eyes, Bruce, and I saw these rings of, it's hard to describe, but it's what I could put in words as energy in a way coming towards me. And I got fearful. I was really, really scared because it was something that I just didn't have any understanding of. Now, who knows if there was something else that was causing that to happen. I, I don't know, but you know, I'm a logical thinker. I couldn't put anything logical to it and that threw me out of my meditation practice, believe it or not. I quickly stood up and I didn't practice meditation or mindfulness to the degree as I did beforehand from that moment. And what brought me back to it was having our first child about a couple of years ago. I was in dire straits. I was uh, building another house, running businesses. We had no family support where we were located in Western Australia. My wife was dealing with postnatal depression. It was the lowest point in my life. I was absolutely burnt out and I'd lost purpose in life. I'd lost passion. Thankfully, the, the love I still had for my wife and my beautiful son that helped me get through some real, real hardship. And I was getting no help from doctors. I've seen doctors and they said, there's nothing wrong with you. Well, you know, my body was popping up with shingles and I was, I was having palpitations. It was an awful situation. From that, I decided to create the Ed Talks podcast to give me access to experts to find out how I could get that improvement in my life and get that energy back, get that zest for life and to try to find out reasons why I was so sick. And through that journey of creating the podcast, I got to interview people like yourself, Bruce, that are into meditation and mindfulness. And that sparked that little fire in my mind again to get onto the practice of mindfulness. And I'm telling you, since I started that, that was a huge part of revitalizing not only my life, but that of my wife as well and the way that it affected our son. Oh, what a great story, Eddie. That is really inspiring. So your son was born and and then you practiced mindfulness and did you feel like a new person at that point? Well, it took time, you know. It, it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't like I started practicing and then boom, I was I was healed. It was probably about six months, within six months. And, you know, I only practice, I do five minutes each morning. If 
if I can, I'll I'll do more mindfulness throughout the day. Like for example, I've just come back from a surf and while I'm walking down to the uh, shore and when I'm in the ocean, I try to focus on everything around me and just take it in and that helps me forget about things. But for the most part, a, a practice where I sit down, I only spend five minutes doing that and I'd say it took about six months until I started to feel that peace in my mind, that ah, that real rest from everything that was going on, especially in that period of my life. Like my mind was just going in over hyperdrive. It was out of control. Cortisol levels were just skyrocketing. And after that six months, I started to feel it. I was like, wow, I can start to have a breath in my day. I am able to sit down and play with my son and look at him and interact with him instead of thinking of other things. I'm able to be next to my wife in a situation where she's angry with me and I'm angry with her and stop and take in how she's actually feeling before I speak out. So it was about six months that I started to see a change. That is so great, Eddie. I'm really interested in your surfing and you talked a little bit about that, but I'd like to hear you tell us, Eddie, what it's actually like when you are surfing, you're using mindfulness and the waves and the water are all there. What does that feel like? It's a... I mean, I'm sure your listeners would have heard flow state and that's a great way of describing it because it's definitely not forced. There's some times when I'm sitting there, my mind all like this morning and because we had this interview coming up, so it was in the forefront of my mind. I was like, let's make more of a mindful moment of when I'm sitting in the water because sometimes that's when my um, thoughts will come through. But when you prepare to catch a wave and you've you've got a 100% focus because it's so critical, especially today. The waves were quite huge here today. It was very, very powerful. And I haven't surfed for a couple of weeks, so my fitness is not quite there. So there's a 100% focus to make sure that I'm not going to get injured if I'm in the wrong position of that wave. So naturally, when you do that, everything else out of your mind is pushed to the side and you are in that flow, that zone of that one thing that is happening right then and then when you catch the wave when the wave picks you up and you're propelled across the wave you are definitely in the flow with the energy of that wave at that point in time everything else is definitely gone and I imagine that this is the same for most athletes when they are in that zone when they're sprinting when they're hitting a tennis ball that all those other things drift out of your mind and that's where I see mindfulness for me is when it's just I've got that little bit of a break there, that, that bit of peace that gives me that ah, so I can recharge and not have my brain working at 100 miles an hour. So surfing is incredible for a practice of mindfulness. It really, really is. Eddie, I can just see you there. I can just see you there riding the wave. And I've never surfed. I love to ski, but I've never surfed. And I just think that must be an incredible mindful experience. It is. Yeah, that's fantastic. And Eddie, I know that you work in 
in the food industry and you know a lot about whole foods and the good that they do for your body and that kind of thing. And some of my some of the people I talked to and that I interviewed talked to me about food and mindfulness. Do you see a connection between the two? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, just on the past weekend, we catered for a group of yogis. It was a group of about 20 women. And what I like to do is when I, I talk a little bit about the food after I prepare the food up and we, we set it out on the table and everyone's come in after doing a yoga practice and they're all ravenous, ready to get stuck into the food. And I, exp- I get everyone to hold hands and I just go through with them the way that we need to stop every now and then. You know, we've, we've all got busy lives, especially at dinner and breakfast time when you've got kids that are around you, you're trying to do everything else. So when you've got the opportunity, when it really comes forward and you can take it like this situation... So just stop for a moment and realise where this food has actually come from, the the incredible process that has happened from the universe to the sun to the soil to the water that goes into it to then sprouting this food that you're about to eat and to really appreciate that food, to take that moment because that food is giving information to your body. And that information is going to trigger things in your body. You know, it can even trigger the way that your DNA expresses and whether it affects diseases. So to have that moment to stop and appreciate the food, to look at it and to be grateful is an incredible way to be mindful and to help your body heal because when you do that, it makes you smile your cortisol level drops down, you relax and you just feel wonderful. And when you eat food feeling wonderful, it's a whole different kettle of fish. I'm sure that your listeners out there would have had experiences where you're just ramming food down your mouth. You know, I've done it lots of times. It feels awful. You know, you're rushing food. You just don't appreciate it. The feeling compared to sitting down and just appreciating your food is so, so different and so special. Yes, it is. And... You know, I'm as I listen to you, I'm thinking about, you know, mindfulness with food, mindfulness with activity, exercise, surfing. Do you have any other ways that you combine mindfulness with an activity that gives you energy? Well, I mean, I try to incorporate mindfulness in even tasks that are seemingly mundane, like when I'm driving the car somewhere and being in a car for me personally I I struggle with with driving now it may be that we do have a a um uh, what's the word for it there's an issue with the DNA in our family called uh, thalassemia which is to do with your red blood cells that may be the cause of feeling drowsy once you're doing a repetitive situation like driving so I get really really tired and drained Now, what I do to help me is I practice being aware and mindful of everything that's going on around me and looking at things, taking in the trees, taking in the vehicles in front of me and letting those other things in my mind drift away. That's been huge for me that in a situation where I normally feel very fatigued and low on energy that it 
it allows me to perk up without having to take a stimulant like coffee. So that's been a great thing for me. That's excellent. So it keeps you alert and, you know, I know that it's so, it feels so great when you're alert and you have energy and you have, you feel like your life is really filled with meaning and passion. What is the thing that you're most passionate about in your life, Eddie? The thing I'm most passionate about is helping other people. I'd have to say, Bruce, you know, I've, well, well, I should say my family is right there at number one. There's sure. no doubt about that. But coming down from there, it is about helping other people. I really get so much joy in helping and connecting with other people. And in our life at the moment with the businesses and where our child's at, it's been very difficult to keep connected with a lot of our friends and our social groups and trying to do those community activities that we used to do. So we've lost a lot of that connection and, you know, I really, really feel it. My wife does as well that we are wired essentially humans to be connected to other people, to be social, you know. I'm sure if they were able to do a study to go back to our uh, primal days that there'd be a factor there that you want to be in a group because if you're not, you've got an issue perhaps that uh, the tiger's going to be able to pick you out when you're by yourself compared to being in a group of people that are all protecting you. So perhaps that's the reason why. But I know it's definitely innate that I love helping people and having that social interaction. That is a huge passion for me. And that's how podcasting has been a wonderful thing in my life as well. You know, like we discussed before we started the interview, I'm extremely busy. So how do I find the time to do it? Well, I make the time because it has given me life purpose again and giving me that joy of interacting with people and helping other people as well. Yes, it's true through podcasting, you really can help people. And you can help people get more energetic. That's that's your goal with your podcast, isn't it? Tell us more about why you started your podcast and where it's going. So as I hinted, when we started the discussion, it was, I was in that low point of my life two years ago. And my my health was terrible. I was in a real bad way. I was going in and out of hospital. I was seeing cardiologists. They couldn't find anything wrong with me. I was having palpitations. I was like, this is out of control. I'm going to end up having a heart attack here. Like, it was awful. I don't wish that upon anyone to have that palpitation feeling where it feels like your heart's about to blow through your chest. And then all these viral infections, then arguing with my wife, not connecting with my son. It was horrible. Now, I I came to a point where I said, and as I described earlier, I, I still had that love, thankfully, for my wife and especially for my son. And, you know, for my wife, it, it could have been touch or go that that's where our relationship would have ended because there was so much stress there. If we didn't have enough buildup of positive aspects to our relationship, I'm sure that the relationship would have ended. But I drew on that love and I said, what am I going to do to turn my life around? I need to improve my health. How am I going to do that? I need to get help from other people. I'd been listening to podcasts in our businesses. It was an easy way while I was traveling the car. And I thought, right, I love audio. I used to be a professional musician. I could incorporate music into it. I could then get access, hopefully, to these experts that can help me find out what's 
giving me issues and perhaps other things I can do that can improve my energy and my health. And then also I can have that life purpose again, Bruce. I've lost that life purpose. I was waking up in the morning going, I just, I hate this feeling. I've got no purpose. I can't interact with friends anymore. I need that reason why I want to wake up each morning apart from seeing my son and my wife, which was strained at the moment. So that's where it all stemmed from. And then just the slow process of just bit by bit, just sending out emails, being amazed, having these incredible experts, cardiologists and detox experts and physiotherapists and psychologists actually wanting to talk to me. I was really blown away. And just starting that journey, I began just soaking up things from them, being a sponge and getting my brain working again. That was another thing too. I had I was reading books to my one and a half year old son at the time and he was memorizing the pages, Bruce, you know, only a yes. few words here and there. Uh-huh. But I couldn't remember the pages. And I was uh-huh. like, this is wrong. There's I've got something serious going on here. If I can't remember the pages and my one and a half year old son can, I've got to sort this out. And that is how I started the process of growing the Ed Talks and developing the podcast. And let's talk about you as a professional musician, Eddie. How did mindfulness play a role then when you were a musician? Oh, mindfulness again, it's that that flow state. When when you're in the zone and music too, yeah, you, you there's moments when you're playing music and you're getting thoughts coming in and out and they distract you and the music doesn't come from you, within you, you know. Perhaps it may be hard to explain to someone that hasn't played a musical instrument, but if you listen to music as well, I know you can get into that same mindful state where you're able to just hear every instrument in the song, every pitch, every tonal subtlety, uh, the subtleness of it. When you get into that flow, playing music, it is incredible. It's like the music is getting channeled through you. There is no thinking going on. Your fingers are almost, I play guitar and I sing. It's like my fingers are just their own own being and they're just going over the fretboard and creating beautiful music. It is a very, very special moment when you're in that flow. So it is a huge part of being a musician. Yeah, I love the way you describe it, Eddie. And I'm a professional musician as well and have played the piano for a long time. And there would be a point where it felt like all I had to do is just move my hands across the keyboard, just keep moving them, yeah. moving them. And it just kind of almost happened automatically. It was the strangest sensation. So I, I hear is, what yeah. you're saying. Yes. So strange. It's wonderful, though. Isn't it? it feels it like it's getting channeled, but what a beautiful feeling. I mean, do you do you have a technique, Bruce, that you that brings you back to that flow state when you're playing piano? If you start to get interference happening, what do you do? If I just first of all start with deep breathing, and uh-huh. I just take some very deep breaths and relax and let them out slowly, and just allow myself to to just totally relax and just get into a meditative state and then then I play some of my favorite music and it's just an amazing feeling it really is beautiful 
Yeah. I've worked in bullying prevention for some time, Eddie, and I've seen how the practice of mindfulness can really make a positive difference with mm-hmm. with this topic. Do you have any stories about bullying where mindfulness may have may have helped? Well, just you know, I had a good think about this. The when I initially said in those early days, you know, I was experimenting with psychedelic drugs and I got into meditation, I, and I've got a two-part to this, I've, I, I think a part of thinking back on it and it was great uh, researching in regards to doing this, I should say researching, but thinking back in my past when you posed the question to me before we started the interview about my upbringing and unfortunately there was a lot of domestic violence in my upbringing and being able to meditate going back to that time and I hadn't thought about this until I was reading the questions that you posed to me Bruce Mm -hmm. that it brought me back to a place in my late teens where I would use that meditation to escape that situation in the home and it really was a form of escapism for me and to really get rid of all that angst that was in my mind. So there's that aspect of it. And now in my present day, bullying, you know, this may be a different form, of, but it's still bullying. I see it as bullying is when I'm having an argument with my wife and it may be that my wife is really, really fired up about something and essentially there is a form of verbal bullying that's occurring and unfortunately I think it happens with a lot of couples. The people you love the most are the people that you can be so cruel to at the same time because you've you've got that understanding of each other and you just release those motions compared if it was someone else, you know, you, you keep it within yourself. So when that happens with my wife, when I feel like I'm getting bullied by my wife in a situation, I'm like, I, I don't like the way that you're talking to me and I, I don't think you're right. I stop, I take a breath, like you said, and I get control of my emotions and I focus on my breath and focus on my wife. I really try to be present there and listen to what she is saying and that helps to get rid of all those other noises in my mind, Bruce, the ones like, oh, no, you know, she's so not right. I've been doing this and, you know, I've washed the dishes last night. It helps that stop. And I tell you that the whole conversation and the disagreement changes. Even though my wife's still fired up, eventually she starts to calm down, her aggression drops out and we end up resolving the situation or coming to a point where we go, right, okay, take a breath, we'll come back together a little bit later and we'll discuss it again. So that's where it has really, really been a wonderful thing and, yeah, I'd recommend that to people out there that are having issues with their relationship. It's huge. Good suggestion. Really good, Eddie. Eddie, my next questions are part of the multi-mode round. Just short 30-second answers are perfect. Here's the first one. Who is one person who has influenced your mindfulness practice? Thich Nhat Hanh. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? Calming. It's allowed me to take control before I lash out 
at my wife, like I just explained, or even at my son, just to stop and realize he's a little boy. Mm-hmm. Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Well, breathing allows me to focus on something to begin that process of slowing down all those thoughts. You know, I think it's something like 70,000 thoughts that are coming into our mind in a day. So by focusing on that breath, it helps me to slow down and to get control of the thoughts in my mind. If you could recommend a book on mindfulness, what would it be? Well, I've got two, that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. The first one is by Sarah Napthali and it's called Buddhism for Couples. It is a beautifully written, easy book. She's a mum. She's not a Buddhist. She, oh, Sorry, she does practice Buddhism but she's not seen Buddhism as a religion. Very easy to read. I highly recommend that one. And the other one is Peace is Every Step, The Path of Mindfulness in Everyday Life by Thich Nhat Hanh. That is just a beautiful, easy read that can give you simple ways of practicing mindfulness in your day. Excellent. Can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? Well, I don't actually use an app, Bruce. My wife does, but I, I can't remember what it is. Sorry about that. No problem. What advice would you give a person who is new to mindfulness and would like to start using it in their life? Well, perhaps for those of you out there, you know, I'm, I imagine a lot of people listening to your show are open to spirituality and meditation and those type of things, Bruce. But in case they're not, I mean, first make yourself realize that there is proven scientific benefits that mindfulness works. It's not just woo-hoo, it definitely works and it eliminates disease, it increases your growth hormones, it makes you look younger and leads to better night's sleep. So the first thing that I could say is really find the reason why you want to do it and use that as a driving force and then use breath, focus on your breath as a way to begin the practice and make it short. As I said, I only just do five minutes in the morning. So I've got the reason why I want to do it. I want to be a better dad. I want to not be sick. I want to have energy in my life. I then find that five minutes first thing in the morning. Right. And those are great reasons to want to use mindfulness. Ed, it's been a pleasure to spend this time with you. I'm certainly inspired by how you've changed your life around and you've become more energetic and you're really helping others to find that energy too. How can we here at Mindfulness Mode contact you and learn more about what you do? Okay, you can go to Facebook, which is The Ed Talks, Twitter at The Ed Talks, or Instagram at The Ed Talks also, or you can go to the website and what I've done, I've set up a video, Bruce, for your listeners. If they're interested in getting more energy in the morning, go to www.theedtalks.com forward slash morning energy and you sign up there to the newsletter and then you get a link to a short five-minute video that gives you three simple things that you can do to improve the energy in your day. 
Great. Thank you for that, Eddie. Mindful Tribe, make sure that we all go to that website and check out that video. That sounds like a great opportunity to get more energy. So, Eddie, thanks again for being with us today on Mindfulness Mode. It's been a pleasure, Bruce. I've really, really enjoyed it. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Bye now. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. In appreciation, I'll mention you at the top of an upcoming show. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.